Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the unplanned two-part episode of Just Saying. This is part two, because we did not finish and we ran out of time the last time you were here. That's right. Unplanned. But hey, we're still, we're still early and on in this, so it's okay. Better late than never. Better late than never, that's right. <laughs> All right, so at the end of last episode, we were uh, on football, and we left off talking about the Bucks and if Baker Mayfield was having a bounce back season and we're going to move on. Yes, we are. We're going to move on to the Bears game against the Broncos. Uh, the Bears and Justin Fields had a fantastic first half against the Denver, but Denver rallied to come back and win the game 31 to 28. Felt so bad for Justin Fields during that game. like. Nothing he could do. The Bears defense just totally, totally collapsed. Just a, a nightmare. Yeah, he had a great game right up until the very last drive and through the interception that would ultimately seal the game for the Bears and give Denver their first win. But, but that game was not his fault at all. Nope. Even if he threw the pick six. No, nope, and we were going to talk about the Bears before potentially going 0-17 because of the dumpster fire that they are. But we had to throw that script away, didn't we? Yeah, the NFL sent us that script, and yeah, we had to scrap it. So (laughs) all you guys think that the NFL is scripted, you're correct. (laughs) The Bears got finally got their first W since October 22nd of 2022, almost a full year Thursday night against the Commanders, just crushing crushing Washington and um, hey maybe this is what they needed and maybe they can go on a little run you never know now they're just going to finish one in 16 <laughs> or they'll finish one in 16 so I think I forgot uh, exactly what it was but on Facebook I saw a little diagram and there was all these teams that had won a game since October in like every single league and then there were the Bears just in a category of their own by them all by themselves so yeah i chicago sports is just not not doing so well the the blackhawks are in the middle of a rebuild that's their hockey team though the white Sox had a pretty colossal failure of a season themselves in baseball and and the football team the bears are are dumpster fire as well so and the cubs just missed the playoffs yeah so Better luck next year, Chicago. Hey, but, the Blackhawks have, do have Connor Bedard. Though. Yep. Generational talent. I, I can't wait to see what he does. So he has yet to get a goal in the preseason, too. So I found that pretty interesting, but preseason doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. We have two undefeated teams left in the National Football League. The San the Francisco. Cowboys? No, 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 no. Not the Cowboys. Oh. <laughs> sorry. The San not, Francisco not sorry. 49ers, whose defense is just elite. And my Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> they they've been skirting by though. They've like... been they've been skirting by. The 49ers have just been dominating on the defensive side of the ball. Their offenses have been great too. Christian McCaffrey's he could if he keeps this up, he could very well be an MVP candidate at the end of the year as a running back, which is pretty much unheard of. It's usually just the QB. Yeah, it's a pretty impressive run he's put together so far, and he shows known signs of stopping. Nope, and Mr. Irrelevant, Brock Purdy, just seems to get better and better every week. No no turnovers, doesn't turn the ball over, makes such smart decisions with the ball. It. 49ers are looking like the juggernaut of the NFC right now. Yeah, really good story from Brock Purdy ever since uh, you know, he came out after their first got injured. Uh after their first two quarterbacks, Jimmy Garoppolo and then Trey Yeah, Trey, yeah that's uh, right. Trey Lance. So yeah, really feel good story from him. And um, you know, if, if you're not picking the 49ers to win a Super Bowl, you know. They've had had injuries the last couple of years that have kind of held them back. But if they can stay healthy, uh, you better watch out. Yep, exactly. 
And as for my Eagles, you're right. We have been skirting by. Uh, our defense hasn't been as good as last year. Our offense each week gets a little better, but it's still just trying to, you know, trying to find their groove. Um, but they are still undefeated. They had a very, very close game against the Commanders last week. Right right down to the final second where they let the Commanders come back to tie it up and force overtime. But the Eagles were able to stop the Commanders' first drive in overtime, get their first drive going, kick the field goal, and win the game. Yeah, you know, no matter how they're winning, they're still winning. Still winning, so still 4-0. This week we got the Los Angeles Rams up over in L.A. against Matt Stafford and their amazing rookie wide receiver, Puka Nakua. So we hopefully we'll be able to, uh, you know, s- slow him down because he's been incredible. <laughs> I do want to pause just for a quick second. Um, if you guys hear any dog barks, we do apologize. Um, we haven't been able to leave the dogs in the room. Uh, in a separate room at home. So do you bear with us. Um, hopefully that will be sorted out uh, next episode. Or not. And just tell us how terrible we are in the comments below. <laughs> or or do it now, <laughs> no matter what. <laughs> All right, moving on. We got the Chiefs last week against the Jets. And man, the Jets almost stole one from Kansas City. Woo! Yeah, uh, that was like Patrick Mahomes you know, one out of or two out of 17 bad games of the year. Yeah, for, for sure. He he did not look his best. He missed quite a few quite a few uh, throws, you know. Um, the Jets defense also played really well, though. And Zach Wilson improved. You know, he went 28 for 39, 245 yards with two tuds. <sighs> Is is Zach Wilson finally here? Is 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 this really happening right now? No. <laughs> but um. yeah, no. We got to give credit when credits due. Zach Wilson had a good game. Are the Jets fan base convinced he's a bona fide starter yet? No. Not at all. But if he can keep it up, you know there might be some hope in MetLife Field. There might be Aaron Rodgers was at the game for his first time back in New Jersey since his injury. And did you see how he was walking? Yeah, with the boot and some crutches, but he 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 looked good. He yeah. looked good. <laughs> looked like he was recovering quite well. If if he can come back before the end of the season after a torn ACL, Achilles, torn Achilles, torn Achilles. My bad. I'm not a doctor, <laughs> but if he can come back, oh boy, that, that would be a story, a major story. Um, but the chiefs did, did grab the victory 23 to 20 in up in New Jersey. So they, oh, they, they really just by the skin of their teeth got, got that victory. So maybe they'll have the bounce back. Oh, Taylor Swift was also at the game. Yeah. I couldn't tell. Over all the coverage, <laughs> all the coverage pointing to Taylor Swift. I didn't know she was at that game, Shay. No, I, what what I, made you think that? I, I don't know. I just you know thought maybe you didn't know or hadn't seen anything. You know, it was just a small little, small little thing. That's all. No, I didn't see anything on the broadcast. <laughs> it's not like they were panning to her like after every commercial break <laughs> or anything like that. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, she was there and cheering on the Chiefs and Travis Kelsey. Whatever. Anyway, to the other team in uh, New Jersey. New, the New York Giants looked terrible against the Seattle Seahawks. Oh, my God. Woo. As an Eagles fan, I love to see it. But is New York, are the Giants the new dumpster fire of the NFL? You know, coming into the season, Shay, they, they did have expectations. Um, I do think that upset against the Vikings and you know, they didn't really do much against the Eagles at all, but I don't know. Like did management really think that, you know, okay, now we can really go for it because I mean, they, they just barely squeaked into a wild card spot. And this is the thing with sports, you know, you get that good run going and 
then you get into the playoffs and and you have some success and i think it really like convinces ownership of this idea that oh man like we're really close when in reality they're far from it still this could be a future uh, topic of conversation here do do management the front office owners you know pay their stars like they paid daniel jones a, a nice contract after after the results last year pay them a bit too early yeah they went out and got some you know free agents you know notable players to fill out their roster so you know were they ready were they really ready yeah D- daniel jones has not <laughs> not looked up to par after his his extension and his o-line just there's like they're non-existent right now at this point so it, it, it's it's looking pretty bad up in new york in in new york for the giants <laughs> it's not getting better they placed the dolphins this weekend <laughs> yeah i don't expect them to do much but hey Maybe the giant killers will show themselves. Maybe. You never know. Maybe they'll do it against the Finns, but that's yet to be determined. All right, ladies and gentlemen. That does it for football. And now it's time for hockey. Hockey season, baby. October 10th. Almost there. October 10th. I and a couple of my friends will be going to opening night at Amali Arena, home of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Boo. You know what, Shay? <laughs> You're right, Taboo. You know why? Because our starting goaltender, the man, the legend, Andre Vasilevsky, had back surgery. And he's going to be out for the first two months. What? Two months? That's right, Shay. So when I first heard that, I started freaking out. <laughs> I was freaking out. I was like, okay, any like chance we had of, you know, rebounding and getting back in the playoffs, like we're done. This is, this is it. Like we're going to be the team to fall out and, and Buffalo is going to take our spot and, and Boston will stay in it because as it pains me to say, they do have probably arguably the best tandem in the league. Well, not probably. Uh, factually, they did last year, yes. Show me the facts. Allmark was the best goalie the entire season last year. Jeremy Swayman was a top five goalie last year as a backup. So, there you go. Yeah, but for our friend in Buffalo, how does that pan out to the rest of his career? Is that up for his career averages? <laughs> Hmm. We'll see. Signing with a division rival. <laughs> huh. We shall see. We shall see. All right. So just bear with me. I'm trying to find uh Okay. However, Vazzy done that that's gotta be a big blow for, for you guys. Like I know I know the team around him is good and everything like that. But, you know, he's such he's one of the best in the league as far as goalies go, for sure. He's been the best the last, what, seven, eight years or whatever like that. Yeah, definitely. Arguably the arguably the best Shay. I'm he's finished in top 10 for Vesna voting as as far back as I can remember. He's been top three numerous times. So he did. He did have a, a little bit of a down year to his standards last year, but he did still finish sixth and he was you know an above average starter right okay well hey gonna miss him though yeah so like i said i thought the lightning were in big trouble but i will say Jonas johansson the third string goaltender we picked up in the offseason from the colorado avalanche he's looked pretty good he had a he had two shutouts one of them was a 42 save shutout against the carolina hurricanes during the preseason so preseason Right. <laughs> Don't shot my confidence, Shay. <laughs> no, no, no. It, very, very good. Especially forty-two shots faced. Obviously, that's that's fantastic. So, so 
made me feel a little bit more confident. Um, I do wonder if our general manager is going to look to pick up another goaltender because there are a lot of teams right now that are carrying three goaltenders and we'll have to place one of them on waivers at some point. Right. Unless they decide to carry three goaltenders. Uh, ones I could think off the top of my head, Ottawa, I know, is carrying three goaltenders, Detroit, and and a few others. Well, we'll see, I guess. It might be a good move, but when Vazzy comes back, you might have to drop that third goaltender. Yeah, we would we would definitely have to wave one goaltender when he comes back. Um, so but but the good news is with him out, you know, we can sign, you know, a couple people to kind of bolster up the defense, you know, our forward core. Um, the defense is definitely going to have to, you know, step it up to keep that puck away from the net. Yeah. You know, before it gets there. But you know, I think I think we'll be all right. It's better to have him out now than like if we're in a playoff spot and then he gets hurt in like February or March, then I would definitely see like a, a huge issue. Yeah, I, I agree with that. So. All right. So we uh, with that, we got some more NHL news for you. Uh, Anaheim Ducks forward Alex Kalorn, who was on my team last year. Um, he is going to be out four to six weeks with a fractured finger. Mm. So that is definitely a hurt on the Ducks attack. Um, they signed him in the offseason to a four-year, $6.25 million per year contract, which people say, you know, it's an overpay. We definitely could not afford that, so we had to let him go. But yeah, we'll see how they deal with that. At least for the Ducks, though, it's not a terribly long injury like that. He'll be out for four to six weeks. They, sh- they might be able to manage that. Yeah. Speaking of the Ducks as well, the More saga ducks. is finally over. Trevor Zegras agrees to terms on a three-year, $5.75 million per season contract. Damn, about time. Yeah, um, I honestly really like the deal. I, you know, it was a very, very risky move for Pat Verbeek to wait on that. But I... I'm going to say I think it paid off. I think he got a really, really good bridge deal out of Zegras. And if he uh, breaks out, you know, to say like a point per game player, because his average has been around 60 points per season for the last two, um, that that's going to look like a huge bargain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The only problem is once that bridge deal is up, he's going to be worth a lot more for a long-term extension. Right. So. It is a risk, but I I think uh, I think it's paid off so far. And again, with the script, uh, Drysdale was not signed to a contract yet, but today he did agree to a contract. And I will pull it up because I literally just saw this like two hours ago. So. He signed a three-year deal worth $2.3 million per season. So so they're both at training camp now. They're both practicing, which is really good for the Anaheim Ducks because people were starting to panic a little bit. Rightfully so. Because that that is their young core players. And, you know, hopefully they develop for the Anaheim Ducks as a team. You know, they'll probably still be at the bottom of the league. A lottery team for sure, trying to get that top ten draft pick. So, yeah, cool. You know who else is signing players? The Minnesota Wild. The Wild. That's but, wild. Yeah. Um, the general manager Bill Guerin. Um, he's definitely trying to keep this team competitive and keep them in the playoffs. They have almost thirteen million dollars right now in dead cap money. Oof. Yikes. They, from buyouts, they can't use that at all. So they're they're pretty cap strapped. So they're really relying on those top prospects from within that are on those cheap entry level contracts to come in and and you know make a big impact. But they have signed some veterans. So for example, Matt Zuccarello signs a two year contract worth four point one two five million dollars per season, and they signed veteran Marcus Foligno to a four year contract worth. Four million dollars a season. Wow. 
the Felino contract is a little bit odd. Um, he did have a down year this past year, so, but you know, if he rebounds and then that contract could look good. And again, saw this, just saw this today because this was supposed to be recorded on Thursday. <laughs> they did sign Ryan Hartman to a contract, and I will pull that up as well. The anticipation is killing me. Yes. <laughs> so I guess the lucky number is four because they signed him to a three-year contract worth $4 million a season. So yeah, Bill Guerin making some moves. Uh, Minnesota uh, looking to stay in the playoffs. They, they should be a playoff team. I think they're going to finish third in the uh, Central Division. And they're my third favorite team. So I'm definitely ruined for them. There you go. Very nice. All right. And the Calgary Flames signed their now captain, Michael Backlund, to a two-year extension worth $4.5 million a season. That's very nice. Uh, some, some sad news from the Calgary Flames organization. Their assistant general manager, Chris Snow, did pass away at 42 years of age from ALS complications. Mm. So. Condolences to his friends and family and the organization. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, he did a lot for the city of Calgary and for that team. So, you know, our thoughts go with him and his friends and family at this time. All right. Um, so, right, uh, recapping the preseason. The preseason's rolling along. Many teams are now icing their veterans. Bedard, though makes an impact right away. In the game against St. Louis last week, he had two assists, including a primary assist on Andreas Athanasiu's OT winner. Very nice. So he does have yet to score a goal, which, again, is a little odd, but he's he's been very prominent. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be worried for if I were a Chicago or just a... Connor Bedard fan, like it, it's no. gonna happen. <laughs> Don't no, worry. not at all. And it's preseason, so it doesn't even count. Yeah, it, it, it's all right. So, but he'll, he'll get it. He's, he's been super prominent in all the games, so he's uh, definitely gonna make a big impact. Yeah, and him to be paired with Taylor Hall is a, a good veteran for him. Is, is only gonna make him even better. So, I picked him up in my fantasy draft, and I picked up Bedard. So. Yeah, we're going to feed off of each other. <laughs> yeah. All right. Also for the preseason, uh, Seattle Kraken's Eli Tolvanen had two goals in his three to one in their three to one win over the Vancouver Canucks. Um, Eli Tolvanen was picked off of waivers from the Nashville Predators last year, and he turned out to be a pretty good pickup. Made an impact right away. So, so very smart uh, from. Uh, I forgot their forgot their GM's name. It'll come to me. Um, David Pasternak had two goals as the Bruins did come up short to the Philadelphia Flyers, four to three in the shootout. And their goaltender, who they picked up from L from LA with a very big contract, Cal Peterson, saved sixteen out of seventeen shots. After the fact, he he was waived and sent to the minors. So. He will be in the minors again this year. So they're going to go with Carter Hart and Sandstrom as their tandem. Um, Eric Benstrom of the Columbus Blue Jackets, who was a 2017 fourth-round pick for them, has really impressed in his preseason. But Buffalo beat them on Saturday, 4-3. to And I'll tell you what, Shay, with Buffalo's offense, they're going to be one of the most exciting teams to watch this season. Yeah, one of the most exciting teams to watch for sure. And it's it's going to be very interesting to see how the better teams of you know each division and conference stack up against them defensively and goaltending wise. You know, the Sabres have been, you know, so bad for so long that you know, they I I true I I think we both agree here like 
they're finally here and this is the year they're probably going to make playoffs yeah they did only miss the playoffs last season by one point yeah. they they were they were super super close and the one of the reasons they were super super close is their young goaltender Devon Levi yeah he's going to be he's pretty much i would say he's the Connor Bedard of goaltenders he's spectacular yeah i'm really excited to see what he does um we have a very very stacked rookie class this season but you know if levi plays really well he could definitely be a top three for the calder for sure and also out of buffalo what might be the steal of this past draft zach benson their first or their first round pick from this past year has been super super prominent for them and he's looking to make the roster on opening night he very well could he very well could all right, also from this past week for preseason, the Tampa Bay Lightning did win 5-4 to four over the Nashville Predators. Our Finnish free agent signing, Walteri Mandela, scored two goals in his debut, and he's looking to break the roster as well. Ooh. So that, that could definitely be a, a very smart signing by our GM. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. The Vancouver Canucks did nab their first preseason victory, 5-2 to two against the Oilers. They had a scoring up and down the lineup, which is really good. Um, their number one center, Elias Pettersson, did have a really, really good season last year, breaking out with 102 points. Ooh. So he's looking to keep that up. Um, on the fantasy ranking, he was number three. So that should tell you something. So if you picked him up in your fantasy draft, you're, you got a pretty good, pretty good one there. Yeah, for sure. All right, uh, Keens win 2-1 to one in overtime against the San Jose Sharks. Um, their goaltender, the LA Keens goaltender that they picked up in free agency from Winnipeg, David Riddick, saved 34 out of 35 shots. Very nice, respectable. So that does pose the question, is there a goaltending issue in LA? Because I'm, I'm a little weary. They have Cam Talbot, who they picked up from Ottawa, and they have Riddick right now as their tandem. And they also have Copley, so it will it will be interesting to see who they send down. I'm I'm thinking they're gonna send down Phoenix Copley, but I don't know if I'm very convinced on Talbot and Riddick for their tandem, especially if they're looking to you know really push out of the first round of the playoffs. Right. So we'll see. Calgary Flames Michael Coronado has been also very very impressive and is looking to make the lineup. On opening night, Calgary won five to four over the Winnipeg Jets, and both of these teams are looking for redemption this season. A uh, little bit of two different tales. The Jets did make the playoffs, but had a very early exit against Vegas, who pretty much, after that first game, dominated them throughout the entire se- uh, series. Yeah, then just pretty much dominated the whole playoffs. So. Yeah. No, nobody was safe from Vegas. You know, Florida had that great run and they were like, yeah, that's cute. Yeah. But it's ours. <laughs> and the Calgary Flames missing the playoffs after winning the Pacific Division last year with 110 points. Mm. And they missed the playoffs this year. Insane. Also, as they missed the playoffs, they had 17 overtime or shootout losses. There you go. So you you just win two of those, Shay. They're in the playoffs. Exactly. So, um, a lot of their problems were pointed out to Daryl Sutter, their former head coach. Um, apparently there was a lot of locker room issues with him. Um, Jonathan Huberdeau, who we all know came from the trade for Matthew Chuck between them and Florida. Um, he had a pretty down year. He had 115 points the year before. And now holds the record for the greatest fall in points, and he had 55. Oh. 55 points. And he's on an eight-year, $10.5 million contract per season that starts this year. Good Lord. So if he doesn't bounce back, uh, he's, he's going to be the, uh, the guy that's hated in Calgary for sure. Yeah, for sure. So I'm really hoping he does, though. I, I love, I love Huberto. And I'm really rooting for him to have that bounce back season. 
and we're going to take a break. And we are back after that abrupt break, everybody. So, so sorry. We apologize for that one. I wasn't paying attention to the clock. Hey, that's all right. Jarris got excited. But hey, we're back. We got to finish off with hockey before we wrap it up for this week. The second part two, whatever you want to call it, sequel episode. Of Unplanned Just part two. Unplanned, that's right. So. Anyway. Left off with the Flames looking to get back into the playoffs and the Jets wanting to stay in the playoffs. So as we move on, the Bedard line for the Blackhawks looked pretty good in their win against the Red Wings 4-2. The line consists of Taylor Hall, Connor Bedard, and Corey Perry, who was previously on my team. But we sadly had to let go because he wasn't doing nothing. Is this the downfall of Tampa Bay? (laughs) Not yet. (laughs) But it's coming. (laughs) All right, moving on. This past week, the Dallas Stars and Colorado Avalanche split their two games. And does Dallas's top line continue to dominate? Their top line consisting of Rope Hintz, who led playoff scoring last year despite being out in the conference final. Jeez. <laughs> and if Edmonton wasn't out in the second round, it would have been dry sidle. Yeah, probably. Even after being out in the second round, dry sidle still finished fourth yeah. in playoff scoring. I wonder why. So, so yeah, Rope Hints, Jason Robertson, and... Joe Pavelski, who continues to defy the aging process. He's 38 years of age and playing as a top winner, top line winner. No, Jarris, he's 38 years young. That's right. <laughs> but yeah, I uh, think the Dallas Stars could very well win the Central Division. And after last year's run to the conference final where they lost against the Golden Knights, I think they could. Uh, I think they could win a cup. I I uh, I agree. I think they they still. They, I think I think they have a good chance to get to the finals at least. Um, but honestly, I think a lot of people don't agree with this. But I could see Vegas going back. Yeah, I mean they they pretty much kept the uh, team the same. They did resign Ivan Barbashev, which was huge. And they did have to trade away Riley Smith, one of the original misfits, to the Pittsburgh Penguins to make cap room. So, very sad. But we know Vegas does not really care about their players. And I say that like it's a bad thing, but the way they've gone about constructing their roster is that when they see a player, they get him, and they're not afraid to dump off other players to get that player. And it's worked out. Obviously, they got a cup. I do hate it. But yeah, can't argue. Exactly. All right, with that being said, the Bruins and Caps goaltending both looked bad. In their 5-4 to four game, which the Washington Capitals won. And Shay, I have a question for you. Will the Boston Bruins make the playoffs this year? Yes. I would have to agree, unfortunately. But they'll get knocked out in the first round again. What? <laughs> Even with the reigning Vesna Trophy winner? Yeah, I don't think he'll be able to match his numbers as last year, but I still think we will have the best tandem in the net. And I think Allmark or Swayman, if Allmark kind of drops off a little bit, will still be in conversation for Vesna. However, with the retirement of Bergeron and Krejci. Um, Marshan and Bergeron played for so long together that Marshan is definitely going to be, be missing Bergeron. Because 
again, they played for so long together, they knew where they were going to be without even looking at each other. So that's that's going to be right. We still have Pasta. We we signed Lucic and everything, which is great. So I, I think we're going to make the playoffs. We're not going to have another record-setting season. I don't think we're going to come close to the record again. But no, I don't. I don't think any team will for for a long time. Right, but you know, I don't think we're going to be that flashy either. However, you know, we're. I still think we're going to make the playoffs, but just you know, get knocked out in the first round again. But a lot of people last year thought the Bruins weren't going to do anything, and they went on that record-setting season. Still got knocked out in the first round, obviously, but maybe it'll happen again. People are looking down on the Bruins once again. Still thinking they'll make the playoffs, but you know, could they go farther? It is their one hundredth season, their centennial season. That'd be pretty special to win a cup in the centennial season. Just saying. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> um, but yeah, I will say, Marshan, as much as I hate him, <laughs> he's still a good player. He's not at that point per game level he was say like three or four years ago but he still produces 60 plus points consistently but i think you're right i think he's really going to miss bergeron so we'll see if that impacts his numbers but he is he is the new captain so that says a lot right there and even if he doesn't have a high producing season just his presence as captain and a leader and all that is you know, I, I think that's going to help the team a lot just right there. Yeah, I I think so. And, you know, it, it was so well, well deserved. He was exactly the person that that needed to be captain after yeah, Bergeron. Exactly. For sure. So. But yeah, in other terms of the Bruins, I mean, their center depth is is very, very weak. Yeah, it is. So with. With uh, Bergeron and Krejci gone, they now have Pavel Zaka and Charlie Coyle as their one and two. And although I love Zaka, he had a really good year last year. Um, I don't know if he's that number one center. Maybe not. Coyle's a good a good two though. Um, the game we went to last year, you know, Jarrett did take me to my first brew in the game, which we won. Which the Lightning did win, correct? But there was a fight, and who was in the fight? Charlie Coyle. And who won the fight? Corey Perry. No, it was Charlie Coyle. <laughs> nah. Nah, Corey, Corey Perry did not win that fight. <laughs> so, so my point is, he just from his energy and, and physicality and toughness, like he's a good number two. So, of course, it worries me. But again, they all, especially with Jim Montgomery, who proved last year to be one hell of a coach. Oh, for sure. They're they're, they're always going to have I, at least I a chance love to make playoffs. Jim Montgomery. Hmm, interesting. <laughs> well, he he was coach of the Dallas Stars. Correct. In 2020, until he had to take a leave of absence. So. And now he's had a magnificent redemption tour. So. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um. First full season as a head coach in, in a few years, and you set NHL records across the board. Yeah, I I call that a pretty successful campaign. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, you never know. I mean, Zaka's numbers might might be really good. You know, if he plays with Pasta again, you know, it, it won't be the, the full check line anymore. But correct, you, know, you yeah. still got Pasta. He was a 60-goal scorer last season. He could very easily get back there again. He, there's no he's he's young obviously one of the most talented players in the league right behind Connor mcdavid so he could easily get there again because he just like Connor mcdavid almost he by himself produces or, or has enough production so he can score just by himself oh yeah for sure all right moving on moving on the uh, Leafs lost a back-and-forth game to the Canadians, 5-4 to four in overtime. And is this Toronto's year? We hear that question every year. I'm talking to you, Leafs fans. <laughs> you haven't been right 
the last 20 years. So, is this the year? But who did they break the curse with last year? Who did they be finally beat? Yeah, and they got knocked out next round to a team that they wanted in five games. So they might as well have lost in the first round. But they didn't. They still broke their curse against the Tampa Bay Lightning. That's right. <laughs> but it could be what Tampa exactly needed. Yeah, you never know. But, um, you know, I will say with the Leafs, um, they... I think they're going to win the division. I, I think it's like theirs. Um, they still got the core four. They got Tavares, Matthews, Marner, Nylander. And if you want to throw Morgan Riley on the back end there, you can. Um, William Nylander is still in contract talks. He has decided he wants to continue them throughout the season. So, But he is looking for 10 plus million, which he definitely deserves that. So, you know, I just I just don't think they're going to be able to keep it together, especially they have Austin Matthews signed to the new NHL record $13.25 million per season contract. I mean, well-deserved, though. And he deserves every bit of it. But giving that much cap space, that's almost 45 probably over $45 million of your cap to five players. That's It's just not a smart move. I I don't see them being able to keep Nylander. No, but the cap is going up, right? Yeah, it is, but, I mean, he's, he's only signed to, like, a $6.9 million contract right now, and I, I just don't think it'll be enough. I mean, with the cap going up, you, you might be able – to sign him if he gives you a slight discount, but like then then what do you do? You have no cap to to do anything else. Yeah, might so. have to start moving some other people below him around, or say see you later. Yeah, um, I think if they were smart, they would trade him. They're not going to do that. They're going to be all in again this year because, you know. It's great they have Matthews locked up now for four more years, but you know, if they don't win the cup this year, and I don't think Leafs fans are going to be satisfied with conference finals. I don't think the Leafs fans are going to say, "Oh, well, at least we made it to the conference finals." Like I, I think it's cup or bust. I would agree if they got knocked out or like if they got like swept in the conference finals or they only won one or two games. But if they, if they made it to seven games and, you know, fought that whole seventh game, but it just came up short, I think they would be obviously, you know, everybody wants the cup, but I think they would be um, happy with their team's effort that, you know, they, we broke the co- the curse last year. You know, and this year we made it past the first and the second round, got all the way to the conference finals that just came up a little bit short. You know, to me, that would say, you know, we're right there. We're, we are almost there. So if I agree with you, unless they go seven games, that's where I disagree with you. I don't know, Shay, with, with the, uh, I got to say, with the media there and, you know, Sheldon Keefe, their coach, has been there the last few years and, and, you know, yeah, he did get out of the first round last year. Yes, they won against Tampa. <laughs> the way they got knocked out last year in five games was, it was pretty disheartening. Yes. If you're a I Leafs agree, fan. For sure. So, I don't think they'll have to win the cup. I don't think it has to go that far. But I think they need at least a finals appearance. Well, we'll wait and find out. They they haven't been there since they won the cup in 1967. Mm-hmm, yeah. So, I, I I do think they need a finals appearance, or you know, there's there's going to be some uh, hot seats. Yeah, I don't I don't dis- disagree that there wouldn't be hot seats. So, we'll see. All right, uh, moving on. Uh, the Golden Knights goaltending is strong despite their 2-0 loss to the San Jose Sharks. As we all know, Aiden Hill, 
fantastic run yep. to the Stanley Cup. Absolutely. And he did get paid. He signed a two-year, uh, around $5 million contract. So good for him. Um, I do think he's still going to be the backup. I don't think he's going to be the starter. I think they're going to go with Logan Thompson as the starter for now. But, you know, that that can be like a really good, really strong 1A, 1B. Yeah, it, it could potentially rival Boston for the best tandem in the league for sure. So, and we'll see, like, you know, besides, besides that playoff run, Aiden Hill, you know, he hasn't proved himself yet in the regular season. So, you know, you just don't know. He could have had that incredible run in the playoffs and then, you know, that's it. You know, some sometimes that's just how it happens. Yeah, for sure. So we all saw how uh, Dallas goaltender Jake Onger, that series against the Calgary Flames last year, I mean, just he almost stole that series. Mm-hmm, yeah. He had a he had a nine forty one save percentage in that series. Took it all the way to seven in overtime and fell short. And this year in the playoffs, he he, he didn't look bad, but he looked a little shaky like he was wildly inconsistent yeah so you just never know like you can have that good run and then sometimes that's just it but you know obviously i hope i hope he is successful all right so moving on we have just a few more games to talk about if you're concerned with the goaltending issues in ottawa jonas corpusallo had a 40 save shutout against the penguins as the Sens won three to zero this past week, so um, I do look at that contract during the offseason as one of the more questionable. Like, is Corpusalo that that starting goaltender that they need to get them in the playoffs? We'll see. He has looked really good at points during his time in Columbus, and he's also looked really bad. <laughs> so we'll just have to see. Yeah. Um. Offensive shootout, oh my god, between the New Jersey Devils and the Islanders. Uh, Devils won 6-5. to five. Uh, Matthew Barzell of the Islanders had two goals and assists. And Jesper Brad of the Devils had a hat trick and four points. That was a pretty exciting game. I picked up Brad in my <laughs> fantasy draft. I have Jack Hughes and Jesper Brad, so... Anytime the Devils are playing, I'm going to get some points. <laughs> That's the hope, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Shay, Shay apparently did the best in the draft. No. Second best? Come on. So. <laughs> somebody picked Nick Paul early. You know who you are. <laughs> There's no way. <laughs> oh, God. There's but... no way. <laughs> Yeah, for uh, Matthew Barzell, you know, he was a first-round pick in the stacked 2015 draft. Um, if I always think if the New York Islanders really opened up their offense more because they're a very defensively constructed team, I think Barzell could, like, could score a lot of points. Right. But because he plays in New York <clears throat> and they're a very defensively constructed team, it has kind of held him back offensively the same way that it's held back uh, Sebastian Ajo and Andrei Spechnikov in Carolina because Rod ben- Brendan Moore is pretty much the same way in his coaching. So, And for the Hurricanes, you know, they, they're now 0-12 in their last three conference finals appearances. <laughs> so... You know, that's going to be a, a question for sure. Like, if Rod Brindamore opens up that team offensively, you know, does that finally push them over the top? Because they're still one of the favorites to win a cup, and they and they have arguably the best defensive core in the league. Yeah, if, if they, first of all, if they get back to the conference final, that's that's the first if. You know, if they get back there, <laughs> If they get swept again, I think Brendamore's done. And then, you know, but what if he does finally get that win or pushes it to seven? Or obviously, I think if he moves on to the finals, then, you know, he's obviously he should be safe, no doubt. But yeah, if they don't, if, oh, 
even if they don't make the conference final, like I think, yeah, his seat's going to be quite warm. Yeah, I you know I think with Brendan Moore, you know, our friend in Buffalo does not like him, <laughs> and he also doesn't like John Cooper. <laughs> but I think with Brendan Moore, you know, if they have another like round two exit this year, I think they'll start to be some questions. But you know, before Rod Brendan Moore got there. Like the the uh, Carolina Hurricanes were like just completely uh, infertile during yeah. the playoffs. Right. Like they they almost had no success in the playoffs after their 2006 uh, Stanley Cup run. Yeah. Again, for our friend in Buffalo. <laughs> so, um, I don't think I don't think Brendan Moore is in any sort of trouble. Like I said, if there's another like round two exit this year. I can see there's starting to be some questions, but I, I think his job is pretty safe right now. It it would have to take, I would say, like two or three more years, you know, for him to be on like the chopping block. Well, we'll see. Season's about to start. That's right. October 10th. <laughs> All right. A couple more games here. The uh, Philadelphia Flyers won three to one over the Bruins. In their second game of the week. Mm-hmm. Um, they have uh, people returning now that were on the uh, long-term injury reserve for a while. Forward Cam Atkinson and forward Sean Couturier both had points in that game. And they're looking towards the regular season to, you know, come back, you know, at full health and be really strong. And if they can produce at the rate that we know we can, you know, Philadelphia could look better this year. Yeah, they're they're right in the middle of a rebuild, and well, they got a new coach and GM right this uh, season. Yeah, th- this past season they got John Tortorella. Yeah, so they're... and uh, Danny Danny Breer, I think. Well, I know I have his uh, last name right. Yeah, but regardless, new new uh, new people in the front office, new coach. You know, my family up in in New South Jersey, Philadelphia area, uh, are optimistic. Um, I don't think there's expectations to you know make a deep run into the playoffs or even make the playoffs necessarily, but there is a lot of optimism that they're going to be better than next year. Again, they're in the middle of a rebuild, so this net this season coming up, you know, starting and just. A few days, um, October 10th, um, there's optimism that they are going to be better. And if they are, like, this is a good stepping stone for a Flyers team that, you know, hasn't been good in a while. So, yeah, I mean, you're right, Shay. Before this rebuild, they were in, out, in, out, like every other year. There was, there was no consistency. Yeah, no consistency. So, you know, Chuck Fletcher, you know, he, he didn't do a really good job with that team no at all he he should have been fired like i'd say three or four years ago like <laughs> yeah. after 2020 probably yeah so this is exactly what the flyers need and and you know i think the fans are are willing to wait after you know chuck fletcher's regime right and again if this is if this is a season that goes in the right direction then there's going to be a lot more positive vibes and energy not only coming from the building but coming from the city of philadelphia as far as the fans go for the flyers so yet yet to be determined obviously still gotta wait and see just like with everybody else but uh there is optimism there so that's good for flyers fans definitely all right last game from this past week of the preseason the uh, edmonton oilers only needed three goals on 13 shots to beat Seattle four to one. Easy. It's Edmonton, but it's also they they limited Seattle that whole game to thirteen shots. <laughs> I don't know if I don't know if I've ever seen like a low lower shot total than that. It's also preseason, so let's not get our expectations too out of whack. It's preseason, but only thirteen shots. That's that's pretty crazy. Yeah. So that was kind of an outlier. 
you know, is is Seattle gonna stay in it? They had a they had like a a really good season. They went from sixty points to one hundred and a playoff team. Yeah. And they knocked off the defending Stanley Cup champions. Yes, they did. So, you know, do do they stay in the playoffs this year? I think so. I hope so. They're my third favorite team. So, I'm I'm definitely rooting for them. They have a lot of energy going, a lot of good energy going, good uh, good momentum. So, I think they'll be back in the playoffs. Yeah, I think uh, Dave Hackstall has definitely proved himself as a good coach. Yeah, I agree. Sure. And by the way, their GM name, Ron Francis. Oh, there you finally go. came to me. <laughs> so three hours later. <laughs> <laughs> oh, excuse me. <clears throat> All right. Um, do have a little bit more time here. So Shay, you know what what are your playoff predictions for hockey season? Who who do you think is gonna win the divisions? Who do you think might fall out? Who do you think might hop back in? Like who 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 finally breaks through? Well, I I do think Toronto is going to break through, and they've made the playoffs obviously, but break through to at least get to the conference conference finals. And you know, like you alluded to earlier, like is this like a make or break year for them? Uh, are they finally going to do it? All this stuff, I think. I think they will. I think they very well could get to the Stanley Cup Finals. Win it? I don't know. That's yet to be determined, but I think they could get back there. Uh, the Bruins, like I said, I think they're going to make a, a playoff appearance again. I'm not really too worried about that, but I do think we'll get knocked out on the first round again. Uh, Sabres, Buffalo, get ready. I think the, I think you guys are go- finally going to make the playoffs. It's your year. It's been way too long. It's been 13. Like, this will be the 13th season. Yeah. It's going in. Like, it's time. Yeah, for sure. It's time. It, you got, yeah, there's such a young team that's been coached very well last year. They're ready. They're so ready for the playoffs. The city is so ready for the playoffs. So, they're finally going to get in. I truly believe. And I, I would not be surprised if they made some noise because that I, I really think if not this year, next year, they're going to be Stanley Cup contenders for sure. Oh, yeah, they they can score at will. Yeah, they were they were. Uh, I don't remember exactly what position, but I know they were top three in goals for like behind the Oilers. Right. Exactly. Um, Oilers. I think the Oilers could go all the way. Wouldn't it be something? I saw this in a video. Wouldn't it be something to have a Toronto and Oilers Stanley Cup final? That would that that, that would be the most viewed broadcast the NHL has seen in a long time. Oh, for sure. Gu- guarantee the cup is going back to Canada. Guaranteed cup going back to Canada. Wouldn't that be something? Yeah, that that would absolutely be something. But we all know Bedman's not going to let it happen because <laughs> it's all rigged. <laughs> Um, in terms of others, you know, the Atlantic, it's so stacked. You got Detroit, Ottawa, Buffalo, all trying to break through. You got Tampa, you got Florida, you have Toronto, you have Boston. I, I think that is the strongest division. So I can see five teams from that division getting the playoffs and three in the Metro, which I, I think New Jersey is going to win the division because it was pretty much between them and Carolina all season. Yeah. So I think it's New Jersey, Carolina, and the Rangers. Although Pittsburgh, with the moves that they made, acquiring Eric Carlson and Riley Smith, you know they're they're looking to jump back in. I think Kyle Dubas has done a, a really good job with uh, restructuring this roster. And they still have Sid the Kid. So, um, I think it's Dallas's division with you know Avalanche and Wild and. I think we can see five teams making the Pacific because there's a lot of teams that are trying to jump back in, like Calgary, Seattle. I think Seattle might fall back a little bit, but I think they're still a playoff team. Um, I think it's the Oilers division. Yeah, sure. And then obviously we'll have Vegas and LA to round it out. So, yep. All right, guys. Well, we are out of time, but thank you guys so much for what, uh, listening to The Unplanned Part 2 of this podcast. <laughs> Um, 
again, please answer the poll that we left. Uh, how should we do in the future? And don't forget to like the podcast, follow our page, turn on notifications, and, and share, 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 please. Your voice is what gets us out there. All right. We will see you in the next one.